And Barnes hits one high. It's a deep. It is out of here. 7.56. Barnes stands alone. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for eight. Seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan open. Chicago with the lead. Minute remaining. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry one on one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Send it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, yes, yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lads. Joined with my man, like every Friday, Aaron Kidd. How are we doing, Aaron? Jordan, we're doing great, man. Thank you so much for having us meeting on. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a fun run. You know, baseball season's a grind, but hey, we're here for it. And uh, the long season hit of us, so let's get after it. Yeah, I was just talking to Tanner on Twitter, who's a uh, He's a part of Action Network. He does uh, baseball handicapping. And he was uh, saying how he's lost his last eight MLB bets. And I was like, man, you know you know this as well as anybody, man. MLB's a grind and the ebbs and flows are crazy, man. <laughs> the ebbs and flows are wild. I think anybody that bets baseball every day like we do, uh, it's probably the definition of insane. But, hey, we're here for it. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's crazy because, like, I feel like the hot streaks are hot and the cold streaks are cold, man. But it's and it, yes, and, they are. And there, sometimes it's just the wildest things happen, and that's just baseball, man. You could, and it's crazy because baseball it has the biggest, uh, you know, sample size per se. You know, 162 games, right? So you have, you have a ton of data. So you think you have like this huge edge, but really it's like. That it don't mean shit sometimes. The craziest things happen. Well, uh, and I think you're exactly right. To your point, you know, so many times in baseball, we're looking for regression, whether that's positive regression, negative regression. We're always kind of uh, gambling, if you will, because we are on that spot. Okay, this is the day that, you know, such and such, he may be 4-0, and he's on a run, you know, he's pitching out of his mind, but he, he's going to regress today. And uh, it, it's such a guessing game at, uh, at some point, man. And uh, But, hey, that's why we have it, and that's why we're here. So, Yes, sir. Talking about regression, it's like your guy, Gary Cole. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I was really glad to see the Yankees pull it out tonight, though. They, uh, they battled back. Volpe is just, you know, he's coming as advertised. And Anthony Rizzo, man, he is uh, fired up and kind of leading that team right now. So, uh, love having him. Glad we're able to keep him this offseason. And the Rays, man, at some point, I was talking with Irving earlier today, and I was because if if anybody uh, doesn't know, Drew Drew Asmussen was just uh, transferred the sixty day DL with a uh, flexor uh, strain. Usually that means he's going to get Tommy John. He's had two Tommy Johns, by the way. So this would be his third, which is pretty unprecedented if he does need Tommy John. Um, but basically I was, I, I told Irvin, I was like, man, how crazy would it be if the Rays are like, have this historic first two months and then don't make the playoffs because 
not only is Rasmussen out, Jeffrey Springs is has already had Tommy John surgery. He's out for a year. That's their two and three starters, and that's two really good starters. Like it's not easy to just duplicate their production. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be interesting. No, I absolutely I agree. And unfortunately, I've got burned uh, in the Rays a couple times this year. Made a little money on them, you know, picking trying to pick the right spots, but uh, they, they will regress uh, whether it's through their pitching. Um, the bullpen plays really well, and at some point they're going to stop hitting the ball a little bit. As you said, with cold streaks, with gambling or whatever you're comparing it to, baseball definitely has them too. So it's going to come. It's just when is it going to come? Yeah, I mean, right now they're at 142 WR, weighted runs created plus uh, pace, which is historic. The best season ever since the stat has come alive, weighted runs created plus, is uh, the Astros in 2019, 122. So, I mean, they're like – way over that right now. So eventually there's going to be some regression. I mean, this was a team that was dog shit offensively last year. And it's basically the same guys, you know what I mean? So it's like at some point it's coming and we've kind of seen it the last week, you know, the, the Orioles held them to only four runs in three games. That's because the Orioles are, have the best bullpen in baseball, in my opinion. I was going to say the, the uh, Orioles bullpen has been playing lights out. And, you know, that was kind of something that, they kind of struggled with a little bit last year. Uh, yeah, but they've definitely figured it out this year, man. And, hey, you know, I'm, I'm from Virginia here. Baltimore Camden Yards is only a couple hours away. So glad to see, uh, you know, one of the home teams doing well. Well, the crazy thing, last year their the back end of their bullpen was great. Obviously, they had uh, they had Jorge Lopez as their closer for the first half of the year. Ended up trading him because Felix Bautista was, like, that dude. And they also had Sinel Perez, who was lights out last year, and Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate's hurt. He hasn't played it. He hasn't even pitched a single game this year. Sinel Perez has definitely taken a step back. But the big thing about the Orioles' bullpen this year has been Yenier Cano, who's actually on pace for a historic season. And obviously, it's very early. Uh, he's only allowed two base runners all year, which is pretty incredible, man. A .84 Sierra, which to put into context, last year, Edwin Diaz was phenomenal, over a 50% K rate, right? His Sierra was over one. Uh, so that just tells you how good Yanir Cano has been. I mean, this guy is not allowing guys to get on. He's not walking guys. Uh, one of his only players to reach base has been by hit by pitch. Um, I'm sorry, he's allowed three base runners, two hits, one hit by pitch. Uh, the guy's just incredible. Um, definitely a name to keep an eye on. I actually bet him to win the Cy Young at at uh, t- at two hundred to one, and I know I know it's tougher relievers to win. You know, K Rod won a Cy Young. You know, Genier Cano is not even the closer technically of the Orioles, but I just I thought the number was a little off because like if if his historic season con- continues, right? I think he has to be in the conversation. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's really hard for a reliever to, to, to win the side young, but uh, when you're putting up those kind of numbers, and by some miracle you were able to sustain that throughout the whole season, I mean, there's a shot. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised Edwin Diaz like wasn't in NL Cy Young conversations last year because, I mean, he had a, it was insane what he did. He had, he had over 50% K rate. 50% of the batters he faced, he struck out. That's insane, dude. Insane. Anyways, um, thank you for joining us, everybody. We are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. 
Uh, Aaron and I got a dope show on deck. Um, we're going to be talking four Major League Baseball games on the slate for tomorrow. Uh, four really good games that I like. Well, three. Aaron lo- lo- loves one of them. I haven't even looked into it, so we'll we'll get into it uh, when when he talks about it. But I'm sure he, you know, we've been we've been good on this show, man. We've been hitting our our best bets, so that's that's the most important thing. So. Let's hop right into it, Aaron. Let's start it. Let's start it off with uh, the Reds and Marlins tomorrow. This is going to be. Uh, is this at one uh, thirty p.m. tomorrow your time? Uh, let's see here. Covers has it messed up. It's, it says thirteen ten Eastern time. I don't know. Is that twelve? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, it's one ten. Uh, one ten our time will be uh, kicking off uh, right there after the Yankees Rays game. Gets fired up around one o'clock. Okay, so if you're on the West Coast, it's a you know breakfast game, which is always awesome. We got the Reds at the Marlins. We got Lodolo versus Alcan- Alcantara. Lodolo's two and one on the year with a six point two nine ERA, one point seven five WHIP. Alcantara one and three on the year, four point five three ERA, one point two one WHIP. Uh, cover is this a pick'em? No, covers doesn't no, have a line uh, for this. Marlins are a favorite pretty heavy. Uh, most sports book I'm looking at has uh, has the Marlins about laying about 190 and 190. Uh, the over-under around seven. Yep. 190. Whew. All right. Yeah. Talk to talk to me, Aaron. What do you what tell me about this game? Well, uh, you know, we saw the rookie Perez. He came out and pitched well for the Marlins tonight. Had seven Ks through almost five innings. Um, and as you said, man, tomorrow they're gonna they're gonna march their uh, ace on the mound, Sandy. You know he's kind of had an up and down se- season, start to the season. You know we we all kind of wondered how he would uh, you know come this year after such a great year last year. I uh, he got hit pretty good in his last two starts uh, against the Cubs. I'll give him a pass for that. He lasted almost nine innings. That that was a crazy game that went to fourteen innings. He did allow nine hits in that game, and uh, he got got lit up pretty good by the Braves the game before that. Certainly could give him a pass on those, but but still, overall, he's had an up and down season. Uh, yeah, as you said, you know the Reds are going to uh, march Nick Lodolo out there, and this Reds bullpen, you know, Lodolo's kind of a, one of those other young guys that I was kind of high on coming into the season. You know, Hunter Green, I thought he was going to have some, uh, you know, a really good uh, new uh, year this year. He had Lodolo and, and Ashcraft, who you know I've been high on. Of course, I played him last Sunday, and he gets lit up in his worst career start. But you know, hey. <laughs> He comes back tonight, pitches pretty well, and uh, but Lodolo, you know, he was going to kind of kind of come in the season. He's going to be that second or third guy there. Hasn't really pitched uh, that well. He's kind of been up and down as well. But something that I, I thought was huge in this game tonight with Perez coming out, Marlins burned through six relievers tonight. They had six guys touch the mound after Perez, which is huge, um, and, and and that's already for a bullpen that ranks 18th in the majors and went. 18th uh, in the majors and X 22nd in combined ERA. You know, that doesn't make it an ideal spot for the Marlins if they can somehow get Sandy out of the game by the sixth or seventh inning. Um, you know, we know the Reds struggled to start the season, especially away. It's probably what uh, probably baked into that number there. It's because they're 4 12 on the season away. But, uh, you know, with that being said and done, Marlon's been hitting the ball a little bit better lately, you know, uh, with Jazz and Jorge Soler and Arias and Arias Sanchez is and starting to figure it out too. Sanchez, y- yes, they uh, 
for a team that I know everybody rode the team total under on the Marlins last year for a room of 30 straight games or whatever uh, crazy number was. The Marlins have figured it out, man. They've been hitting the ball better. And, um, and and on the flip side, the Reds could hit the ball either start of the season. But their bats have really uh, gotten better as of late. You know, Fraley, uh, India's batting almost 300, uh, the catcher Stevenson. Um, and so I'm going to probably look at this game with a little contrarian of style, if you will. I think a lot of people are going to rush to the, to the window and try to bet the under, especially being only seven runs. But uh, I think this is a game that if the Reds can get to Sandy at all, you know, and, and get Sandy out of there by the sixth or seventh inning, with as many bullpen uh, guys they burned through tonight, I'd actually look to play this game over seven runs for the game. Yeah, I mean, the over, I think seven is a little short, especially because, uh, you know, Nicola Dolo, if, if people aren't aware, Nicola Dolo is a pretty good pitcher. I mean, he uh, strikes out 28% of the batters, which is way above league average. His biggest issue is he's given up a 435 average on batted balls in play, which is, I mean, off, absolutely atrocious, which also leads to a 3.39 Sierra and a 3.79 XFIP. So, obviously... There should be some positive regression at some point there. Sandy Alcantara, though, you know, you take away really that Philadelphia start, and he's basically pitching to how he did last year. My biggest concern with Sandy always is that, like, he hates to walk batters. And I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Aaron, but, I mean, Sandy refuses to walk a batter, dude. Like, he will literally groove a fastball down the middle to not walk a batter. Like, he would rather give up a hit than walk a batter, which, to me, sometimes is a little insane. Like, you know, hits can hurt you, especially when you give it the long ball. Um, With that being said, you know, the Marlins are 11th in weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching. So they do hit lefties very well. They also have a 136 ISO, which is above average, and a 3.6 weighted uh, runs above average. So I I do like the overplay there, um, and I I do understand the uh, the bullpen aspect. They did have Thursday off though, so I do think that a lot of those guys are going to be available. Sandy goes deep, but after going nine innings his last start, I I don't know how deep he's going to be able to go. And I mean, at this point, his arm's about to fall off soon, how they've used him the last couple of years. So I don't really have a play on this game, but I do like your over angle for sure. What's that? Six and a half now. Oh, it's dropped to six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I like it even more there. Actually, uh, I guess it's taking some money, but I like it even more there to be honest. Yeah. Like I seen it six and a half on action network. Uh, that's like the consent. That's the lowest total. I don't know where it's at though. Um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of sevens. Actually, yeah, there are a couple six and a half starting to pop. So you know, like I said, I, that doesn't scare me at all. If anything, I just like to punch back and uh, just love it at six and a half. Another angle to play here, which I've talked about on the show before, is a total of seven or less. Play the Yurfi. Yes, runs in first inning. It hits over 60% of the time. And you're getting it at plus money. So, uh, you know, just like a quarter. Like, just play a small little Yurfi there. It's profitable in games seven or less. So, I do I – do, uh, I like your angle there. I like the over six and a half, and I, and I also would probably play a Yurfi here. I'm with you. I'm with you there. 
I don't have I don't like the sides though because like you said I, the bullpen's a little taxed and you know Sandy coming off pitching that nine inning game, you know he threw over a hundred pitches. I'm I'm pretty sure he threw almost one hundred twenty, right? Yeah, uh, I was headed up earlier. I think it was like one hundred sixteen, Jordan. Yeah, so I mean, like I just I don't know how, you know, he did get five whole days off in between starts, but still. I mean, man, they just they overused Sandy last year. We saw him deteriorate t- towards the end of the year last year, you know, and it's kind of trickled into this season. And I'm with, I, yeah, I like, I like it. I like the over. I'm with you. I like the over. All right, let's move into. Yeah, our- I'm still sorry, Jordan. I right, cut you off, but I'm still seeing a lot of uh, sevens out there. I see one or two six and a half. So you can grab six and a half. I think there's going to be. Uh, some buyback on that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing get back to seven yeah, uh, across the board. It'll probably close seven and a half. There's no, I know a lot of like rec betters. They see the name Sandy Alcantara and they're just like, oh man, it's going under. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know about this one. I don't know. All right, let's, uh, let's move into our, our next game. This is uh, your favorite team here, the New York Yankees. Going against the Tampa Bay Rays, who we talked about to open the show. Uh, Shane McClanahan's on the hill for the Rays. He's 7-0 and on the year with a 1.76 ERA, 1.13 whip. Going against Nestor Cortez, who's great at home, by the way. 3-2 and record, 4.74 ERA, 1.24 whip. Um, just to kick it off a little bit. Uh, Shane McClanahan's a guy that I've been fading <laughs> for the last three starts, and it hasn't worked. So I'm a little concerned to continue fading him. Uh, but the reason why I have been fading him is because while he does have a 1.76 ERA, he his advanced stats as Sierra is a 3.63, which is still above average. Like, that's really good. And his uh, XFIP is also 3.33. So, I mean, we're just we're expecting some regression at some point. And, uh, and obviously it hasn't hit. So, you know, I don't blame anybody for being like, well, I'm going to continue backing him because it hasn't hit. Cool. Uh, Nestor Cortez, on the other hand, Nestor Cortez is a guy I faded a lot last year, which cost me money too because his advanced stats were terrible as well last year. Like, we were kept expecting regression. We never really saw it. He's a jag, you know, if nobody knows what that means. It's just another guy. He had a career year last year, but, I mean, I I think we've finally seen him come back down to earth here, Aaron. Um, and you as a Yankees fan could probably speak a little more to that. Uh, so in my opinion, in this, in this game here, you know, just looking at it, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like the Rays in this spot, man, especially losing today. And as a, what are they? They're a dog tomorrow, right? No, uh, they're, uh, I think they're about minus one thirty across most books. Yeah. Minus, yeah. Minus one thirty. Yep. I kind of like that there. The only thing that does concern me is that Nestor does pitch well at home. He has in his career, but he did give up two runs to the A's. Like I said, the A's hit lefties pretty well. Did give up three runs to the Angels. Um, and the Rays against left-handed pitching, number one in weighted runs created plus almost 160, which is, I mean, absolutely incredible. 267 ISO, which is, like, unbelievable. I... uh. Obviously, I know the Rays' offense is coming back down to earth a little bit, but I think in this spot, minus 130, I have to take the Rays, man. 
Yeah, Jordan, I uh, I think you may be onto something there. You know, with the Yankees, uh, Nestor started a couple Sundays ago and kind of hit rock bottom. You know, they they lose a three game series to to Texas, get swept, and then they get blown out fifteen to two in just a a game that I turned off the TV. I was so frustrated that day, and, and so I kind of felt like rock bottom. You know, they come back. Lose a one game run of the garden where they blow their knife, and it's like, holy crap, we have hit rock bottom. And, and then you kind of saw, you know, a little bit turn of the tide. They, they take the next two against the Guardians. They come back. They only take one of three against the Rays, but they fought hard. They actually only lost the other two games by one run each, uh, games that, that were probably winnable. And then it kind of felt like the A's maybe a spot to uh, what I call like a, a get right series, if you will. Yep. And, uh, they, they kind of come back and, 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 Took care of business pretty handily against your Oakland A's there, buddy. And uh, well, right now, Aaron, they come, the the A's are a get right spot for everybody. <laughs> that's right, and uh, you know, but hey, I, I'm I'm certainly not uh, going to jump in front of McClanahan uh, uh, hand right now. Um, as you said, there's going to be some negative regression at some point because he is human after all. He's not you know robo uh, pitcher there. But I don't want to jump in front of them. So uh, I think you're all over, man. And, and here's the thing. You're not going to get a spot right now a lot of times where you can back the raise at a price of only minus 130. Yep. Um, yes. I, I, you know, Nestor has been a completely different pitcher at home over the last few years. And he had a great year last year, man. Career year, all-star. Um, uh, you know, so – but I, I think that's more of a – it's a handicap, but it can be also become a narrative. And uh, I just I wouldn't jump in front of this train at all. So, yeah, I think uh, think this is a good spot. If if the Rays won today, I would have been a little bit more hesitant. But the fact that they lost, I'm I'm more uh, willing to back the Rays in this spot. Um, although, like I said, I do think that you know I hate to be like a uh, contradicting myself. I do think that the Rays are going to regress. But I think this is a good spot to back him here. Mm-hmm. It's our last good pitcher who's healthy, <laughs> basically. For a team that you know, with Springs and Rasmussen and all of them, we were like, man, this team, this team might win 125 games. You know, when it when it uh, but they've kind of had some injuries there with the pitching staff. But hey, they're human, and it's a long season, as you referenced earlier. So it is a very long season. The totals at eight right now, too. I would also probably play that under as well. I lean the under. I'm not gonna play. I like the I like the Rays money line though. I like a minus one thirty tomorrow. Um, all right, let's move into uh, the next game. We got the Rockies and versus the Phillies. Um, the Phillies are sending Suarez to the mound. He's hasn't pitched this year. Uh, zeros across the board, and then uh, the Rockies are sending Feltner to the mound. Two and two with a five point oh eight ERA, one point six WHIP. Um, currently the Phillies minus one thirty. I'm seeing um on the money line. Rockies plus one twenty two. The total is at eleven and a half. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it is. Yep. Hold on, I got the wrong money line. Minus one seventy for Philly on the money line. Uh, yep, that's right. Colorado and eleven and a half on the total, pretty much across the board. Yeah, eleven and a half, basically everywhere. I'm seeing. So talk to me, Aaron. Why do you – you wanted to talk about this game. Tell me why you wanted to talk about this game. <laughs> well, hopefully someone out there wants to hear about it. But, um, you know, 
look out now, but the Rockies coming in tonight had won eight out of ten, now eight out of eleven. Um, eight and three over their last eleven. Man, we didn't think we'd be saying that a lot about the Rockies. But on the contrary, I actually, you know, kind of talked about the Rockies some uh, before the season. They scored 63 runs uh, over that span plus tonight, so 66 runs over that span. And, um, you know, uh, a couple of huge pieces that played the part in that. Profar has been a, a huge part. He's got an OBP of 343. Chris Bryant's been red hot hitting the ball, 313. Uh, ER, I mean, batting average across that uh, span. Charlie Blackman's been back and playing well. He's looking like the Charlie Blackman for a couple of years ago. Ron McMahon and, and, and something that I don't think has been talked about enough was getting Randall Gritchick back uh, in the lineup. Uh, he's been huge. His bat's been hot. Um, you know, coming into the year, I actually kind of talked about this lineup. You know, with CJ Crone there, uh, that that team has got to be able to hit the ball. You know, uh, and, and we've kind of started seeing that finally. As you said, the Phillies, on the other hand, um, you know, after tonight, they're on a four-game winning streak after kind of hitting rock bottom, lost six straight. Um, I wasn't necessarily high on the Phillies coming into the season, and I'm still not that high on on the Phillies. I uh, Definitely not a team I'm in a rush to back by any means right now. The bullpen hasn't been good. The the bullpen's got a combined uh, uh, whip of 1.47, which is 27th in the majors. Combined XFIP of 4.3, which is 18th in the majors. And if you go back and look during that losing streak, their pitching staff combined had an ERA of almost 10, which is just unbelievable. It's atrocious. You know, getting Harper back has provided some juice for him, and Trey Turner's finally starting to swing the bat for him. You know, you had such a good uh, World Baseball Series and then uh, World Baseball Classic, excuse me. Then he kind of came into the season a little cold, but, you know, he's, he's, hit, he's hit, hitting the ball better, but. Going back to uh, the Rockies, I backed Feltner on last Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me, plus one and a half against the Mets. He came out, had a very shaky first inning, and then he figured it out. Um, I actually, I like Feltner. And, uh, you know, he's pitched better at home this year uh, than he did on the, than he did on the road. And just like I did last week, man, with Adam Rain White, I love fading pitches when they come back off the IL, especially somebody that had a, a, a Elbow injury, as Suarez did. You know, Suarez kind of – he finally got into his groove at the end of last season and uh, was pitching very well for them. But if you go back and look at the game against the Rockies last year, the uh, Rockies did hit him pretty good against uh, – pretty good, pretty much the same lineup this year that he's going to face. And, of course, like I said, coming off of an elbow injury, uh, call it a strain, call it however you want to call it. It's not somebody I'm in the rush to back. And um, I, I was kind of looking at the weekend – and I knew the series was coming up, and I was like, man, I want a spot to be able to jump in and back the Rockies. The Rockies have actually made me pretty good money this year. I think I've, I think I've bet on them four times, and I'm 3-1 and one betting on them. I, uh, I knew tonight wasn't the spot, and, and then I saw, man, Suarez is back on the mound Saturday. I was like, I really hope the Rockies lose Friday night because it would just be the perfect spot to back in. You think about it, Phillies won tonight. You know, they – uh if they lose tomorrow, they know they're probably going to win Sunday. They're happy to get out of that winning two out of three. So uh, I think it's the perfect spot. It's the perfect price to jump in and take the Rockies plus one and a half at uh, minus 110. Damn, the Oilers not looking good, Aaron. I know, man. They, they keep letting Vegas get in the power plays. Three goals in a row, man. <laughs> yep. 
They got to figure this out very quickly. Still a whole another period, and and as you know, Edmonton can score very fast. So, uh, shit. Uh, they scored two goals while you were talking. By the way, which is so I had to turn my phone off, and I apologize. I forgot to turn my phone off before. I'm in a group text with a bunch of buddies of mine, and of course, we're on the Oilers and the Lakers tonight, and so that's why my phone was going nuts because uh. There was a lot of four-letter work being used in that group text, and uh, I looked up and I saw the score on my monitor. I said, "Oh well, I know what that's about." Lakers taking care of business, though. Yeah, they're up by seventeen right now. So yeah, that's a that's a uh, you know we won't go get into basketball because I know this isn't a basketball show, but as you know, I had a pretty large wager on the Warriors the other night, and um, yeah, you they did. came through for me, but. Uh, yeah, there was no way I was getting in front of that train, the LeBron train tonight. So, uh, uh, you know, glad I'm on the Lakers. Real quick, I do want to talk about the, that because that's an interesting point because, you know, I had I had no dog in the race because I, I knew the Warriors were going to win because I just I know how the Lakers are. They were up 3-1. I felt like they were going to pack it in once they got down and kind of just coast. But the market was just like, we saw that line open four and a half. It went all the way to eight, and I was like, "This is insane, dude!" Like that's a huge, like leap, right? And so I was like, you know, I missed the four and a half. I was like, I'm not gonna play it because I just I can't I can't I can't get a bad number at at eight. And you took it. What was the reasoning behind that? So, to, uh, full transparency, Jordan, I had uh, some sevens, I had seven and a half, and I had eight. So, um, if anything, I took three bad numbers, um, which I do <laughs> not I do not recommend doing whatsoever. It is totally irresponsible. And uh, But we all know I'm a big Toronto Raptors fan. Die hard. Been there since – been a fan basically since the creation uh, – uh, um, of the uh, uh, franchise, 1995, right? I, I still have a David Stoudemire, Mighty Mouse jersey, okay? Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. I've been there through all the years. Some very good years and some very bad years. My point of all that is I don't handicap NBA, but I do have some sharp friends that do cap NBA. And they were all kind of talking, and they were going back and forth. And do we play the over, play the under, you know, to getting too many points, yada, yada, yada. And I just had this thought in my mind that I compared it to almost like betting football. It is. It was the perfect spot, one, for the NBA. The NBA did not want that series to end after five games. It was the perfect spot for the Warriors coming back home, back against the wall. You got Steph Curry, who I think is one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. You, you got a pissed-off Draymond Green. You, you know, I just thought – it was the perfect spot. And it was one of those things where in the college football national championship last year, if you remember TCU playing Georgia and that number just got outrageous. I can't remember what it closed at, but I think it closed 14. at like 14. 15. Yeah. Right. And it started off. I think it opened at nine and a half. No, I opened right? 13, and, 13. Okay. So at 13, but then it dipped back down. But anyways, my point of all that is, is they were throwing that many points out to you and they just, it just didn't matter, yeah. you know? And so I actually, believe it or not, full transparency, I probably would have played that game all the way to like 10 just because I thought the Lakers were going to pack it in, which they didn't. So I was wrong about that. Well, they but did. I they, the Lakers, once, once AD went out, they definitely packed it in. They they pulled the stars. Right. 
but I thought they would have pulled the start. You know, it was like one of those things where the game was still in reach, so they didn't pull them like at the end of the third or beginning of the fourth because the game still felt like it, it was still within reach, uh, if ever so, you know, long away. But anyways, my point is, is I had seven, I had seven and a half, eight, and it worked out to my favor. So um, I just felt like to sum it up, I just felt like it was the perfect spot. Like that spot will go down in gambling history. It's like one of the best spots ever. Yeah. It's uh, everybody and their mom was on it, which also concerned me a little bit. Um, But you're right, dude. Like I knew the Warriors were going to win. I had no doubt they were going to win that game. Like zero doubt. I even, I even told Irvin and Ben, I was like, after the Lakers won game four, I was like, the Warriors are going to win game five, and then the Lakers are going to come back home and close it out, which is why I have a Lakers in six ticket plus 460. Uh, and, and Jordan, I know we're short on time, but if I could just say, I'm going to say one more thing about spot betting. Spot betting in football and basketball is a real thing. Yep. Um, baseball to a degree, but we'll go back to our, our conversation to start the show. That's kind of what makes baseball so hard is – if you try to just always pick the spot, you're not going to be a profitable better at baseball. Yep. It, it's a, it, it, you can acknowledge it and it's a thing, but you can't just go into every day and try to pick a narrative because at that point you're not, you're not handicapping. You're just picking a narrative based on the spot. So um, you got to watch out for that. I learned that years ago with baseball. It's not like football and basketball where you can just look for the spot because, um, you know, then, then the, the dogs get wet by the pirates, you know, last year. Uh, multiple times, you know. So, anyways, it's it's well, it's just what makes baseball that much more of a grind. Speaking to that, though, Aaron, I do think that there is a spot that you can always play in baseball because it it hits over seventy percent of the time, and that is the team that pl- that's the away team on Sunday night baseball that plays on Monday. You always take the opposing team, dude. It doesn't matter who they play. You take the other team that doesn't play on Sunday night and it wins over 70% of the time. It's incredible. It's to that point, I was on the Brewers this past Monday. Yep. So, yep. Yep. I've, I've, I've talked about it on every single tap room on Sunday we do. That's always my best bet is fading the team that plays on Sunday. And it hits every time, dude. It's it's actually it's insane. I mean, I, I remember last year the Dodgers played the Braves on Sunday night and then they traveled to Coors Field against a dog shit Rockies team and the Rockies just smoked them dude it's it's just crazy how that that trend just lines up and it doesn't work every week because some days the team on Sunday night doesn't play on Monday so you got to factor that in too they don't play on Monday don't don't fade them but man that's this is this is good knowledge though for betters Aaron that's why that's why I wanted to ask you that Warriors question because you were so confident in taking a bad number to me, it was like, I was hella, I was so hesitant. I was like, nah, I missed the four and a half. I'm not playing it. I'm, I'm not playing it. And you were like, nah, I'm taking seven, seven and a half, eight. I'll take it up to 10. And that's, yep. you know, that's conviction, dude. And I wish you told me that because I would have, I would have played it if you talked me into it. But no, you didn't. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I love the NBA. I'm just not an NBA really handicapper or better. You know, I really don't bet on the NBA that much. Um, but I am a huge basketball fan. Um, my Raptors kind of let me down. Uh, sad to see Nick Nurse go. 
Um, I think we've interviewed uh, – they might be interviewing me and you for coaches, uh, <laughs> the coach position next weekend, you know. So uh, we might got to pack our bags and uh, hope the Maple Leafs are still playing. So. <laughs> Maple Leafs are done. <laughs> They're packed yeah. up, man. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I could go on a tangent about the NBA, but uh, to sum it up, if you have conviction – and whether it's a bad number, because here's the other thing that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> Numbers matter, but only to yourself, really, you know, because it, you can make a lot. Dennis Schroeder just got ejected. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. You can make a line 13 and a half, and the bookmaker made it five and a half. I'll, I'll say this, and then we'll go back to baseball. Duke versus Tennessee in the NCAA tournament last year. If I remember, Duke was about a three and a half point favorite. I think it, I, I think I ended up getting some fours with Tennessee, um, but I, it was between three and four. It bounced around like all all night, all all morning. Yep. And so, I think I had threes, three and a half, and fours with Tennessee. But my point of all that is, is, a lot of short guys had that number like Tennessee three and a half, minus three and a half, right? So, say that line had gone the other way. And I had three, and then it went to two and a half. I would have been buying it at two and a half, yeah. you know, because if your number is three and a half, minus three and a half, and the bookmakers wanting to give you more and more points for it, if you're on, if you think you're on the right side, that's all that matters. Yep. It's, it's perception versus reality. Yep, and I I, I agree, man. Like, because oftentimes, like, I got some sharp buddies out here in Vegas, and like. He'll he'll message me and he'll be like, you know, what are you on today? And I'll tell him and he'll be like, oh, I'm on I'm on this and we're on opposite sides. And I'm like, I don't like that play. Like the line will move in against me and I'll I'll take more of it. You know what I mean? And um, right. you know he 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 has a I don't know if he's gonna be listening, but you know he has an ongoing thing with me where he's always like, every time we're against each other, he's like, well, I mean, you always beat me, so. <laughs> But I mean, he's a, he's a really sharp guy, you know. I mean, it's just it it just so happens that you know, I'm on the right side of of some things. And but you're right, dude. If you have conviction on something, like, and you get a better number, like, you might as well take it. Like sometimes people overreact to the market, right? Where they're like, "Oh, the market's moving against me. I, I don't I don't like it. I'm gonna buy back on the other side, right?" It's a uh, it's fascinating. And, 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 and here's the thing about that. You know, you mentioned everybody being on the Warriors the other night. Perfect example of this. If I was betting NBA every day, which I do not, uh, I, that Warriors bet was probably less than the 10th bet I put on the NBA all season. Maybe, maybe fifth bet. But anyways, my point is, is there's not a lot of casual guys putting a lot of money on random Tuesday night NBA, right? Right. But there could be a lot of public money on playoff games where there's not that many games to bet. You know, I see this all the time. Me and you talk about this all the time with small-town college basketball. Yep. You know, the Southland Conference. Everybody, if anybody listens, you know I love the Big South. You know, there's not a lot of people betting uh, a 15-17 and high-point team on a Tuesday night, right? So one bet – of a decent size could, 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 could really move the line, right? So I, I don't get into that too much like with the Super Bowl, right, or uh, NFL playoffs where there's so much money coming in on these games because it's, it's it's not that many to bet on. 
where uh you know it doesn't it doesn't bother me so much. I knew everybody was on the Warriors for that game, but everybody was seeing what I was seeing, and that's okay because books take beatings too on some games. The books don't win every game. Yep, that's facts. That's absolute. That's what I think people don't understand, dude. I I agree with you, Aaron, and that's the thing is like. I think um, there's this, like, conception on, especially Twitter, where it's like, oh, if you're with the public, you're on the wrong side. But, dude, the public wins, man. Like, if you think the books win every game, you're fucking out of your mind, dude. Um, the biggest uh, loss yeah, I, I saw thought, there was a – oh, sorry, Jordan, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, the biggest loss I, I, I thought I've seen the books take in the last year was that Colts-Chargers Monday night game where everybody was on the Chargers and, the, and they actually covered – Oh man, I was on the Colts, of course, because I wanted to be contrarian. I was on the Colts as well, as well, and uh, actually, I know that game very well. I think the Colts were getting like three, three and a half points, and the Chargers just like beat them by ten or fourteen. But anyways, uh, I remember that game closed at like ninety-one percent of the money being on uh, the Chargers, which is just kind of unheard of. But to my point earlier, it's Monday Night Football. There's only one football game to bet on, right? Yep. And, and so, and here's the other thing that I would say to you know people always ask me you know you know you do this every day what are some things you would do or not do or what's the advice you would give and the only advice I would give too is don't get caught up in trying to be too sharp where you know your buddies are calling you oh that's a square bet you know well if you see value in it as you said if you have your conviction if you have a winning angle on it or winning it by all means man don't get caught up in being too sharp or, yep. or square you know I, I don't really uh, buy into that narrative much anymore. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, man. 100%. I do think when it comes to the NFL, though, there is a lot of money being put on it where, like, you definitely don't want to be on the public side a majority of the time because if you are. But, again, like, we're seeing so many states operate now with with illegalized betting that now it's like you can't even take into consideration a lot of these these betting splits, A, we don't know where they're coming from for most most spots. And B, it's like there's just so many people betting. Like you just – you have no idea. So now more than ever because I always hear people talk about uh, chasing steam, right? Oh, I chase steam and, and I, I win, right, because I, I chase the number. But on the flip side, it's like now it's just – you could have, for example, I know this is an NFL draft bet – but the Reddit posts about Will Levis going top three, and everybody bets Will Levis to be the second overall pick. And what happens? That dude falls to the second round. I mean, dude, that he. Unfortunately, I was one of those guys that had Will Levis to go to. Unfortunately, I, I will be uh, completely honest. I did make a lot on Bryce Young going first overall. A good buddy of mine had some really good, in, uh, really good information that was well ahead of it. So we had Bryce Young at minus one ten. We had him minus a one twenty. Minus 125, we had it all across the board. So, um, But, yeah, I got burned on Will Levis, too, as well. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to bring that up, brother. But Yeah, you know, just kind of stick the knife a little bit further through me. But, uh, no, Bryce Young definitely uh, made my night on the uh, NFL draft, so I was happy after that. See, I, I well, A, there's not a good lot of good <laughs> bets in Vegas to bet the draft, and, B, I didn't have a ton of conviction on the draft this year because I just felt like there was so much – disinformation out there um that i was just like you know what i'm not even gonna hesitate with the nfl draft so anyways that was that was actually really good conversation and i'm glad we did that because that is important for a lot of people that are new to the betting realm or aren't very familiar with it like there's a lot of things that you can learn 
you know, that Aaron and I have learned for you. We've done this. We've, we've been through this. And I don't consider myself an expert better by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I don't lose money betting, which is a good thing. And, you know, I haven't made a ton of money betting, but I, like, at least don't lose money. You know what I mean? And we've and I've have lost money previously, and I've learned from my mistakes, and that's why me too. That's what I think is the most important thing is that you know people like Aaron and I can come in here and like you know I've been betting since twenty fourteen. I don't know how long Aaron's been betting, but oh uh, well, it, I can't really remember when I started betting, but betting every day for about probably five to six years. Yeah, so I mean, like. You know, we've gone through our trials and tribulations, dude. You know, we've learned from our mistakes, and that's that's what that's what I want to. I want to be here to like help people learn and help people get better. Because at the end of the day, I just want everybody to make money. Doesn't absolutely, matter. man. And 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 I'll save that point for a second. But I've hit UConn to win, you know, the national championship. I've hit, uh, you know, all these crazy things. Asheville to win the championship. Chiefs to win the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, my point of all this is. I've hit all those and had the accolades and, you know, all the, the, the good times, but I've also had the bad times, man. I uh, I think I've lost – I think – what was your guy telling you? You lost eight straight in baseball. I, I think I've been close to that. I think I've lost six straight in baseball before uh, a couple times, yeah. you know. So it's all about sustainability and, uh, and just being smart, man. You know, and hey, and I've even had to say – uh, during and, and usually this happens during baseball season, but I've even taken a step back, taking a week off, you know, yeah. and just kind of reevaluate my, you know, what I'm trying to target, or, or, or even if I was tailing, you know, maybe maybe I need to stop tailing this person or or listen to this information. So um, the biggest thing I can say though, man, is is trust yourself and trust those around you that are doing this every day with you. And remember, at the end of the day, it's not about the content or, or any of that it, 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 that's the fun side of it but the biggest thing is it's still us versus the book so always keep that in, you know the back uh, well the front of your mind if you will that's why i never understood especially you know if, if people are on twitter and they see gambling twitter man people on gambling twitter be against each other and i'm just like i don't get it dude like why what's the point of it i agree like completely unless, agree unless you're betting said person like there's no reason to like hate on that person for their bet or talk down on them. Like it's us against the books, man. Like it's literally us against the world. You know, right. I mean? and we should be doing everything we can to, to beat the books. And you know, it is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, let's move on to our, our last game. I'm sorry. We've got off track, but again, I think that was a very important conversation, man. I, I, I'm glad we had that. And that was, that was great, great content. I appreciate that. Aaron, um, hey, I appreciate it too. That was great. Let's move on to uh, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. We have the Pittsburgh Pirates against Baltimore Orioles. Obviously, we have Contreras three and three on the year, four point seven four ERA, one point five five WHIP going against my guy Tyler Wells, who I've been backing for over a year now. Every single start, I just blindly do it. I don't even hesitate. It just happens. And I've been very profitable doing it. He's two and one on the year, three point one five ERA, point seven eight WHIP. Now, first of all, the reason why I back Tyler Wells, a he's a six eight guy, dude. He's a fucking giant. Excuse my language, but when you're six eight and you're making that approach to the mound, I mean that ball looks like it's coming at you 
300 miles an hour like Randy Johnson. You could be throwing 92. That ball looks like it's coming at you. If you've ever played baseball, a tall guy throwing a, a pitch looks like it's coming at you 10 times faster than it actually is, right? Which is why I love Tyler, which is why I originally loved Tyler Wells. He's a tall guy, tall feller. 6'8". All right. On the year, 3.15 ERA, 4.54 XFIP, 4.27 Sierra. So it tells you his, his numbers should regress a little bit. But again, you know, he does have high K numbers, which is a little concerning. That's what usually drops the XFIP and, and such. But like I said, guys are not used to hitting against guys that big. There's very few guys in the league that are six foot eight pitching. You know what I mean? And you see it when they face Tyler Wells. They they struggle because they can't figure it out. And that's why I love backing Tyler Wells. I also love the Orioles if you're new to the show. I'm the uh, the Orioles. That's my second favorite team. I've become a fan of them. But uh, Ronzi Contreras has great stuff too. Don't get me wrong. 4.74 ERA, 5.2 uh, Sierra. The Orioles are just such a good team this year, Aaron. Um, Obviously, you're in the DMV area, so you know very well about the Orioles. I mean, I think this number in this spot, minus 154, I think it's a little short for the Orioles. I think they're such a better team than the Pirates. I agree, man. You know, the Pirates kind of started the season out, you know, kind of hot. And we're like, oh, my gosh, man, you know, Andrew McCutcheon's back, and he's hitting home runs, and then Brian Reynolds didn't go to the Yankees, and, you know, they kind of locked him up. And, and and now, wow, man, here we are. Pirates lost 10 out of 11. And, you know, during that 11-game uh, streak, they have not scored over three runs in a game. And uh, that bottom half of that order is just ice cold. And I kind of saw that in a series against the Rockies. You know, another spot when, when we're talking about the Rockies who have gotten hot, the Pirates, that was kind of like the rock bottom when they lost 10-1 to to the Rockies the other day. Do you think losing and, O'Neal, um, do you think losing O'Neal Cruz has anything to do with that? You know, I think it has a part to do with it. I, in, in my personal opinion, especially losing Velasquez because he hit the uh, IL, that bottom half of that rotation is not good, man, at all. And uh, – I think we're starting to see that now. And uh, like I said, they just haven't been able to hit the ball at all. I haven't scored with three runs in this 11 game streak. They, uh, you know, they kind of, they blew the, they hit, they blew the Nationals out 16 to one. And that was kind of like the highest of the high. We were talking about the lows of the low. And, and when our previous uh, breakdowns, it's kind of the highest of the high for the Pirates. They're living on the high. They, you know, just taking uh, two of three against the Dodgers. They come back. Uh, sweep the Nationals, blow them out 16-1, and then they just forget how to hit the ball. So uh, I think you're all over it, man. I, I think the books are baking in a little bit that at some point the Pirates are going to figure it back out, at least for a stretch. Um, but, you know, if I was if I was looking at that line, man, i make that line minus 175, you know, even on the road. I mean, excuse me, at uh, at home for Baltimore. So, um, you know, I think there's some value there. I, I don't like laying big lines like that, so – I would maybe look to play it uh, maybe like a minus one situation. Um, but, yeah. yeah, man, it's – it's as I said what I said about the Rays earlier, the Orioles are another train I'm not looking forward to. I'm not looking to jump in and fade at any point right now. Good man. Smart man. Uh, 
Yeah, I like the Orioles in this spot, especially because, you know, Yenier Cano didn't pitch today. He hasn't pitched in a couple days, so he has a lot of rest coming in. Um, I think Felix pitched a couple, I think he pitched like half of an inning today because Austin both couldn't get anybody out. But uh, again, you know, the Baltimore's, Baltimore's bullpen has been one of the best bullpens in baseball in the last month and a half. It, it really, once again, your Cano got called up, it's kind of settled itself out. Um, So I, I look at this and I'm like, man, if the, if the Orioles have a lead going into the seventh inning, like it's over, dude, the pirates aren't going to hit anyone. Pirates are 27th in weighted runs created plus in the last seven, the last seven days. So they're not hitting anybody. 67 WRC plus. That's terrible. That's way below average. You know, as you alluded to, they're just, they're not hitting. Right. Um, I like the Orioles here. I think minus 154 is a little short. I'm with you. Minus 175 is probably the correct number. I'd also, I'd also sprinkle a little on Orioles minus one and a half. I'm not scared to uh, play Orioles minus one and a half full game or full game regardless because I do think that their bullpen is the best in baseball, even though the numbers don't tell it yet. I think over the course of the year, the numbers will tell it. I think they do have the best, best bullpen with uh, Colon, Batista, Yenier Cano, uh Brian Baker's been very good this year. Um, Pirates are kind of, I feel like the Pirates are kind of falling back to the mean, Aaron. You know, and I maybe O'Neal Cruz has something to do with that. I love the Pirates, man. They have the best uniforms in baseball. Period. So I wish them luck, but uh, not against my Orioles, man. Orioles minus one fifty four. I think there will be a time to back the, the Pirates again, you know, you start getting some of those run lines, just plus one and a half, you know. I think, you, I think there'll be a spot to jump back in, but, man, I'm not getting in front of the Orioles right now. And until the Pirates can show me they can hit the ball again, it uh, it's a no for me on that. And I, I think you're right, man. I think the Orioles are the play here. But I will say I don't like playing uh, those one and a halves when you're the home team. You know, you, you kind of opposite what I like yeah, to do with the one and a halves. You're basically giving yourself up on a bet, but that's just me. You know, everybody plays things different. So, uh, if I was betting this game, it would be the Orioles or nothing for me. Yeah, no, I like the Orioles money line. I'm with it. Let's go, y'all! All right, let's get some best bets, Aaron. What's your best bet of the? What's your best bet or bets of Saturday? I uh, my best bets uh, for tonight's show. Two games I broke down. I love the Rockies plus one and a half. Uh, I think they uh, get to Suarez some, and I think Suarez uh, probably going to be on pitch count tomorrow, so get to them. And uh, Rockets one and a half, minus 110. And then I like the over. Uh, because it's seven most places still, we'll call it over seven. Okay. I like in, you. In the uh, Marlins Phillies. I mean, uh, excuse me, the Marlins Reds game. I like that. All right. My two best bets, I'm going, uh, man, I'm going chalk, man. This is not like me. I'm going Rays minus 130. I'm going Orioles minus 154. I like both of those there. Sprinkle a little on the minus one and a half, but I'm not going to do it, although I, I don't disagree with it, considering how good the Orioles bullpen is, because I think if they have a lead, uh, if they have a lead in the eight, seventh, eighth inning, I, I, think, I don't think there's going to be much run scored, so give me that. Lakers are up 12 right now. 
I don't even know what the fuck's going on with the Oilers. Has the third period even started? It just started. God damn these motherfuckers. A minute into it. I can't believe that. They gave up three goals in one period, bro. What is going on? Anyways, thank you all for joining us. Uh, make sure to tap in Sunday night. I'll be back with uh, Ben and, and Irving. We'll be recapping the week, looking ahead to the next week. Um, also, Aaron and I will be off next Friday, but we will be back the following Friday with uh, Adam Trigger from Wager Talk, which will be fucking awesome. Uh, my guy's been going through a cold streak, but he'll be back. He hit uh, he hit his MLB bet today, though. Yes, he did. I, I was with. I, I tailed him on that. The Mariners smashed it, and uh, he was all over that one, man. So, like Shout I said, man, the ebbs and flows of baseball are crazy, bro. I don't care how good you are at handicapping or betting. If if someone comes up to you and is like, "I never lose in baseball," they're absolutely fucking lying to you, dude. There's no. Yeah, if you here. finish baseball season up a couple units, then you could consider yourself. You know, you did pretty good, Ario. I'll talk more about Adam and blow his head up some more in two weeks. But uh, one of the greatest runs I've seen in recent history to come to my mind was I'll let you I'll let him explain it more. But I'm pretty sure he went 30 and 10 over a 40 game run in college basketball last season, and, and luckily I was riding with him on a lot of most of actually probably all of those. And uh, it's pretty pretty much one of the craziest runs I've ever seen. But he made me a whole lot of money, so he's he's even better guy. So. Yeah, no, he know, he knows his stuff. I mean, I haven't met him, but I follow him on Twitter, and like he definitely knows his stuff, man. So, always appreciate it. Like, you guys are definitely gonna want to tap into that episode, and then, uh, like I said, Connor McDavid power play goal. Let's go four three. Let's keep it going, baby. Uh, all right, y'all. Make sure to tap back in with us. Follow Aaron on Twitter at AK Sports ninety. Right. Yep. I did that off the top of my thumb. I didn't even have to look. AK Sports 90. Love that. Follow myself on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Have a blessed Saturday. We'll see y'all later. We'll see y'all in two weeks. Peace. Jordan, thanks for having me, brother. Always, man. I love having you on, man. That was a great conversation that we had, by the way. Love it. We'll see y'all later. Peace. <laughs>